from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. So are there plans um, on, on a statewide level, perhaps, to try to target these communities that are falling behind and, and increase their interest in getting these vaccines? Uh, the health experts who I've spoken with say that what's really tricky about a lot of these areas is that they are, you know, people there are not necessarily going to listen to some really high-ranking expert, you know, some somebody like uh, Anthony Fauci. Mm -hmm. Instead, the kind of person who they're really going to, to listen to, um, you know, the, there's a term they say, um, you know, uh, a trusted messenger, you know, somebody who is actually a member of that community who's, you know, willing to tell their neighbors, you know, I've taken this vaccine, it's safe, it worked for me, and it'll do some, the same thing for you. I'm Sarah Fenske. On April 9th, Missouri Governor Mike Parson opened up COVID-19 vaccine eligibility to all Missouri residents. Now one in three Missouri residents have gotten at least one shot. But in Southern Missouri, vaccination rates have stalled at some of the lowest rates in the U.S. That's the subject of a new report by Alex Smith. He's the health reporter at our sister station, KCUR in Kansas City, and he joins us today. Alex Smith, welcome. Good morning. Alex, before we jump into the conversation, we want to express our sincere condolences for the loss of your colleague at KCUR. Uh, reporter Aviva Okasan Haberman died last week at age 24. And Alex, all of us here are just so sorry for your loss. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. She was a very, very talented and kind person, and we're definitely missing her a lot this week. So let's talk about vaccines. One in three residents being vaccinated, that sounds like a good start. Overall, has Missouri made some strides to catch up to the rest of the country after what was initially a very slow rollout? Well, the pace has definitely been picking up. I mean, Missouri is still kind of toward the, the bottom of states in general, but, but it has been picking up. Although, uh, as you mentioned at the beginning of the segment, the, the rates are still very, very low in especially a lot of the southern parts of the state. I mean, across a pretty large swath of kind of the central southern Missouri area, we see rates of around 14 percent or less. There's, there's actually one county in central Missouri, Pulaski County, that has a vaccination rate, a completed vaccination rate of just a little less than 8%. 8%? That does seem exceptionally low. What do we know about what is driving that? Well, there are a few reasons for these low rates. I mean, generally, polling has shown a lot of doubts about vaccines, you know, particularly among political political conservatives and just residents of, of the region of, of southern Missouri. I, uh, for the story, uh, spoke with some leaders and some residents of Howell County, which is right along the Arkansas border. And, and you know, they talked a lot about these attitudes. In fact, a lot of them said even kind of proudly that these sort of anti-establishment attitudes that are really driving a lot of this skepticism are almost kind of part of this Ozark culture, and they have really been amplified uh, during the vaccination push. Let's uh, let's actually play one of those clips that you provided to us. This is from your conversation with Autumn Shirley. She's a business owner in Howell County. Now, we want to make clear she's not speaking for herself here. She sought a vaccine when it first became available. But she told you that her community is conservative and in general has deep skepticism of the medical establishment. 
it's almost to the point where asking a person to get a, a vaccination is, is sort of asking them to change their personal identity in some way. Some of these uh, very conservative people believe, truly believe, that this is a government overreach. And at the, at the very least, it's a government overreach. And at the worst, it's also a way to track us or sterilize us or make us all sick. Or, I mean, there's just so much. And that is Autumn Shirley, who um, lives in Howell County, Missouri, a very low vaccination right there. We do want to make clear this is not a government effort to track us or sterilize us. But let's talk about that idea of government overreach. Alex, these areas in southern Missouri that haven't been getting vaccinated, are they areas that were not hit hard by COVID-19? Well, no. In fact, I mean, j- just the opposite. I mean, the, these are a lot of parts of the state that, you know, were, were hit very hard. I and mean, hmm. we know that there were a lot of pockets uh, that, that sort of popped up, you know, just over the last year where, where you just saw these big explosions of these cases. And, and a lot of these situations did happen in, in southern Missouri. And kind of interestingly, uh, there's, there's some polling that came out last week that, that I think we, we might talk about more later, but it showed that actually a lot of the places uh, that, that have been hit the hardest are actually kind of just, I, I don't know, ironically, I guess, also a lot of the places that have the most um, skepticism about getting vaccinations. Hmm. I'm curious your thoughts on that. Is this a cost-benefit analysis? They feel like they've lived through this and it wasn't that big a deal. Well, I, I, have, I haven't seen really a lot of data on this. I have heard anecdotally that there are a lot of people who, you know, got COVID, were infected with it themselves, and believe, you know, that that kind of provides for them some lasting immunity. And, you know, we're not really sure exactly how long immunity lasts. You know, if somebody does have, you know, is just naturally infected and develops natural immunity. And we also know that some of the variants that, that have cropped up and are now in Missouri, um, you know, are, are able to sort of evade the immune system, particularly, uh, you know, evade some of that natural immunity that's created just through natural infection. So, yeah, it, that's definitely, you know, that, that, that sense of security, um, you know, that somebody might have after they've had it you know, isn't entirely, you know, founded as well in science as, you know, what we know about the vaccine immunity. So health officials still want these people to get vaccinated, even if they feel like they've got antibodies. Absolutely, yeah. And so are they making a push to get this to happen? I mean, it sounds like there are doses available for these people. Well, that's right. I mean, the, just the way that the Missouri vaccine strategy w- was rolled out, I mean, we know that in the beginning there were, were a lot of doses, you know, that were allocated to, to the rural regions. I mean, in in southern Missouri, in, in a lot of this part of the state that I looked at, there were more doses per person allocated than there were in, in Kansas City, for sure, mm-hmm. um, uh, because they really wanted to rely on those mass vaccination events in places that didn't necessarily have hospitals or a lot of the infrastructure, you know, kind of existing to do that. And so a lot of doses have gone into a lot of these areas, but they have not necessarily gone to, to the residents. I mean, in for my uh, reporting here, I looked and found that, you know, about uh, two-thirds of the doses that were sent to these places that were actually administered to local residents. And it's actually not really quite clear what would happen with the rest of those doses, if those are still kind of on the shelves, if they may have been sent to other places, or, you know, if people from the cities might have gone into those areas to get those, those vaccines. Like, that happened for uh, a lot of people I know in Kansas City and, and St. Louis. So these road trips that, yes, a lot of St. Louisans, I can attest, uh, were taking these road trips. This might have been what claimed some of these doses. But at this point, it sounds like there there should be a vaccine for people who want one. 
Um, well, right now, the uh, we know that the requests for vaccines in a lot of these areas have really declined a lot, you know, mm. which would suggest that, you know, the vaccinators who are in these places don't think that there is a lot of demand or the demand has, has really, you know, dried up. Um, I mean, it's it's just really hard to tell exactly what's going on. I mean, the, the state data is kind of complete and, you know, you'll talk to different people who will say that there are people in these communities who are, you know, wanting to get vaccines, but they, they've just had trouble connecting with the vaccinators. They've had trouble scheduling appointments. Um, it, yeah, it, it's a little bit hard to parse out, you know, how much of this has to do with access and how much of this has to do with kind of some lingering attitudes and skepticism. So are there plans um, on, on a statewide level, perhaps, to try to target these communities that are falling behind and, and increase their interest in getting these vaccines? I've spoken with uh with some health department, uh, state health department leaders who say, you know, they do plan to do some, you know, kind of specific outreach into rural areas, you know, just the same as they have, you know, tried to do in, in Kansas City and St. Louis. I think uh, the health experts who I've spoken with say what's really tricky about a lot of these areas is that they are, you know, people there are not necessarily going to, to listen to some really high-ranking expert, you know, some somebody like uh, Anthony Fauci. Mm-hmm. Instead, the kind of person who they're really going to, to listen to, um, you know, the, there's a term they say, um, you know, a trusted messenger, you know, somebody who is actually a member of that community who's, you know, willing to tell their neighbors, you know, I've taken this vaccine, it's safe, it worked for me, and it'll do the same thing for you. I mean, just the idea that trust within the community is is really what you need to build up. So you referenced earlier um, the big issue, it seems like about a month ago, was that St. Louis and Kansas City were being left behind in vaccine distribution. There was a sense that deserts were developing in these urban areas. Has that continued to be a problem with where things stand now? Well, in Kansas City, we have definitely picked up a lot. I think I checked out the St. Louis numbers, and I see that it looks like in St. Louis City, uh, the the vaccination rates are lower than the state average. Uh, St. Louis County, it looks like it's pretty close to the state average, although not quite there. So, I mean, things have definitely improved a lot in the cities. But, you know, again, kind of going back to the the rural situation here, we know that that the rates there have really slowed out, especially, or stalled out, especially in the South. Mm -hmm. So with this stalling out, say that uh, anybody who wants to get one ends up being offered one, the distribution is sort of taken off the table as as being a problem. They're able to crack that issue there. Could the state then just say to each his own, what do you see as the downside of a big swath of some of these rural counties opting out? Well, I mean, the health experts who I've spoken with say that probably with the vaccination rate that we're at, I mean, we are not going to necessarily get into this situation where there's kind of a large statewide surge. I think that, you know, has has been the concern a long time before vaccines were available. Mm -hmm. Instead, probably the the bigger concern is that there could be sort of, you know, minor surges that that might affect, you know, a a community and then, you know, hopefully would be contained. Um, So there's that danger definitely in these smaller communities. There's also the danger of, you know, this kind of opens the door for more uh, variants uh, forming. I mean, you know, when somebody, especially who has, you know, 
I, I think they found sort of a, a compromised immune system and is sick for a long time, then that kind of creates an opportunity for a variant to form. And, you know, kind of the, the big concern right now is these variants that may potentially evade the immune system or where vaccines may be less effective. So we're really trying to, you know, contain the virus as much as possible and contain the development of variants But before that happens. And, you know, that that will be harder to do when communities, you know, have this kind of lingering low vaccination rate. Hmm. So, Alex, there's one last thing I wanted to ask you about today, and that's that Missouri very recently decided to again allow distribution of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. What do we know about that decision? Uh, that's right. I mean, Missouri did very quickly after the federal government issued the, the guidance, you know, to, to kind of put the pause on the Johnson Johnson vaccine due to, you know, some, some low risk of blood clot. Uh, Missouri followed suit in that. And then just as soon as Missouri, uh, excuse me, as soon as the federal government lifted that pause, Missouri, you know, did the same thing. The state says that uh, in Missouri, they have uh, administered more than 100,000 doses and have not had a single reported case of any of these blood clots. So the the state health department is feeling, you know, very confident about this, very comfortable advising that. I think one issue, though, that, you know, seems to have cropped up, you know, among the health experts that I've spoken with is that that pause and just the, the concern about blood clots has possibly slowed enthusiasm for, for all the vaccines. Mm. In Kansas City last week, we had some events that had very, very low turnout. And I think a lot of the fear that they had was that people just thought that, you know, that Johnson Johnson, very specific concern about the blood clot, you know, was kind of related to all the vaccines. And so that's something that we'll now, I guess, have to try to overcome. So it sounds like there's some real challenges ahead of public health officials. We maybe thought of the previous months as this was the hard part, getting things going. But now we're dealing with a number of of issues here. It's true. Well, Alex Smith, health reporter at KCUR, I want to thank you so much for joining us today and, and sharing all this information. Thank you, Sarah. Nice talking with you. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. If you learned something new from today's episode, consider leaving us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the easiest way to help people discover our show. We appreciate it. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com.